Welcome to the Creative Pen Podcast. I'm Joanna Penn, thriller author and creative entrepreneur, bringing you interviews, inspiration and information on writing, publishing options and marketing ideas for your book. You can find the episode show notes, your free author blueprint and lots more information at thecreativepen.com and that's pen with a double n. And here's the show. Hello creatives, I'm Joanna Penn and this is episode number 700 of the podcast and it is Thursday the 29th of June 2023 as I record this. So I'm just going to blow straight past episode 700 without stopping. (laughs) Things are way too exciting right now with lots of episodes coming up. So don't worry, we're not stopping. And just as a quick statistic, there have now been over 8.7 million downloads of the show across 228 countries. So thanks for listening. I'm thrilled you still find the podcast useful after all these years. And thanks in particular to my patrons at patreon.com forward slash the creative pen. So in today's in between episode, I'm talking to Armit Gupta about using pseudowrite to write fiction. So Armit was on the show two years ago, and then of course, things changed. Once ChatGPT launched in November 2022, just six months ago really, and generative AI went mainstream and now continues to accelerate across so many different tools. So I have uh, been playing again with Pseudowrite and I demoed the story engine functionality, which is which is new on my AI webinars, and I am loving how it helps me understand plotting. As a discovery writer, I am finally understanding story beats. So uh, it really is a lot of fun. And as ever, when you co-write with AI tools, it's all about your ideas, your characters, your style, and the tools can help and act as a collaborator. It's also a lot of fun. So I use and recommend Pseudowrite for fiction, and you can check it out through my affiliate link at thecreativepen.com forward slash Pseudowrite, that's S-U-D-O-W-R-I-T-E, which means I get a percentage of the sale if you buy through my link at no extra cost to you, or you can just go to Pseudowrite.com as ever, links in the show notes. So let's get into the interview with Armit. Armit Gupta is a science fiction writer, entrepreneur, and founder of Pseudowrite, an AI-powered creative writing tool. So welcome back to the show, Armit. Thanks, Joanna. Happy to be here. Oh, yeah. So you were last on the show two years ago in June 2021 when we talked more about your origin story. So we're just going to get straight into the topic today. So if people don't know, what is Pseudowrite and how can it help authors? Sure. Pseudowrite is an AI writing partner for authors. So it's the first AI tool built specifically for writing fiction. And my co-founder, James, and I were both writers ourselves. We began experimenting with writing with AI back in 2020. And initially, we built it to help us with some of the problems that we encountered ourselves, like getting unblocked, or for me, suggesting rich, evocative description, or automatically rewriting passages to improve pacing or conflict or tension, that kind of thing. Over time, uh, it's grown a lot as people have suggested new ideas. We have thousands of authors who are always kind of suggesting what we should be doing with it. And so now it also helps with a bunch of other things like creating or fixing outlines or writing dialogue or even taking writers step-by-step from idea all the way to first draft with AI assistance. So 
the way we think about it, musicians, photographers, filmmakers, other artists all have had powerful tools like Photoshop or Final Cut and so on to execute on their creative vision for decades now. And our ultimate goal here with Sudorite is to create something just as powerful as those tools, but for authors. Yeah. And it's so crazy because two years ago when we last spoke, ChatGPT had not launched. (laughs) So AI for writing wasn't so well known, although I've been covering on this show for many years. But how have things changed in the last six months or so since AI for writing has pretty much gone mainstream? Yeah, well, as you know, two years in AI world is like 20 years in the real world, right? Mm. There hasn't been a moment in the last couple of years of AI development that hasn't been exciting. And the release of ChatGPT was definitely a big one because it opened up so many people's eyes to what a powerful tool AI could be. And it also had a big effect on our business. Initially, I think we had some fear because ChatGPT was out there. It's pretty good. It's not as good as Sudorite, but maybe it'll be good enough for people who don't know the difference. So we were really kind of interested to see what was going to happen. What we found was that as authors tried ChatGPT, some of the people who were initially skeptical began to see how it could help with their workflows too. And many of those people went on looking for something purpose-built for fiction. So that's when they would invariably find their way to us. And it literally doubled our growth rate overnight. And now there's five times as many authors using Sudorite today as were six months ago. The other thing that's changed with the release of ChatGPT and so much of what's been going on in the last six months is the level of energy and attention around AI and writing. And you alluded to this. It's really gone mainstream. There are a lot of fears when ChatGPT came out, whether it would take people's jobs, would it replace people, would students use it instead of thinking for themselves? And those fears are still out there, of course. But I think we've come to see that some of them, at least, were a, a bit hyperbolic of the doom and gloom variety. And that AI is absolutely changing the world, but we're also adapting to it. And in the best cases, I think we're taking advantage of it to do more. So Sudorite in particular, uh, and I think ChatGPT too, are both are being incorporated into writing curriculums at the high school and college level now, which is, I think, really exciting. And large language models like what's uh, like those that power Sudorite and ChatGPT are being woven into so many of the apps and services we use every day to help them work better. So I think it's, I mean, obviously only the beginning, but I'm incredibly excited for all the change that's yet to come in this year and next. Yeah, and obviously I'm with you. And it's encouraging that, I mean, again, with teachers, there was this initial, oh no, all the students are going to cheat. And then it was, oh, okay, then we'll just teach in a different way. But also Uh students have to learn these things because their future, I mean, it might not be the things we're using, but there will certainly be something. And I I love that you've used the word partner. I guess the word co-pilot has been Mm -hmm. used in many cases. But one of the big fears is, as you mentioned, you know, AI will take my job. And it's so funny when you think about it from our perspective, because we know about this, but it's like my job and my life, it's not one thing. (laughs) So maybe you could explain how I guess we should be breaking down what we do into smaller tasks. And then thinking, as you said, about the workflow, what kind of tasks can Pseudowrite help with? 
Yeah, sure. So I think every writer's got something about writing that they struggle with, right? It could be writing description like me, or one of the things I also struggle with is getting an idea for a world and then figuring out what's the conflict in that world and what's the way it's going to emerge once the story begins, like what happens. And once I know where the story is going, I'm great to write it. I actually enjoy that. So uh, every writer's got their pieces of this puzzle that don't quite work as well as they want them to. Uh, well, I should say not every writer. I know there are some who don't and for whom it just flows out like music without stop <laughs> or interruption. And I know this because my partner is one of these people and I envy her so much. But everyone else, all us, all us mortals have something that we get stuck with or something that we have trouble with. And I think the trick here is figuring out which are the parts of writing that are unique, are uniquely us, are uniquely our own? Where are the parts that we bring our voice to the story? And where are the parts that are draining for us and that are really holding us back, that stop us from finishing? And how can we get AI to help us with those parts? And so that's kind of where we've been focused with Pseudorite. Initially, it was really about getting unblocked and having a collaborative partner that could bat ideas back and forth. But as we've developed, we've added all these other parts of the picture because different writers have different struggles. And so writers can pick and choose which are the features that are going to help them and which are the parts that they just want to do on their own. Mm. And again, it's so funny because I feel like some people say, oh, the writing is all just crap because you just click a button and output a book and it's terrible. And it's like, seriously, why don't you have a go with this stuff? Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like having been playing with all kinds of tools now. I don't think I'm any faster in my process. I mean, I may get mm -hmm. faster at some point, but I find myself going deeper. So for example, mm -hmm. on PseudoWrite using the describe function, the metaphorical stuff that it comes out with, I often will kind of be like, oh, that's amazing. It doesn't suit this particular piece of writing, but I'm going to write it down because I want to think about that more. Or I find uh -huh. the ideas that it comes up with generates more ideas. So mm -hmm. it's almost like it's a, a creativity booster. Yeah, totally. And and like you said, I think some authors find that it helps them go deeper and build a richer, more grabbing story. And other authors are really focused on volume. They really need to get the next book out. So they're using it in very different ways, I imagine, than you're using it. Well, an another difference is, so I'm a discovery writer, which I write out of order. I kind of mm -hmm. I'll write this scene and this, and then I use Scrivener and I put things in different orders. And then I try to figure out what goes in the middle. And one of the interesting tools that PseudoWrite has just put out is Story Engine. So mm -hmm. tell us a bit more about that function. I'm finding it fascinating and how it can help authors. Sure. Yeah. So we're always talking to authors using PseudoWrite. We do these weekly conversations over Zoom. We teach free AI writing classes every week. One of the things that we hear from them over and over, especially from our most successful and prolific authors, was that they'd finish a book, they'd put it up for sale, and then the very next day, their readers would start asking them for the sequel. And they just literally could not keep up. So Story Engine is helping these types of authors write dramatically faster. They're able to get to that first draft two to three times as fast. And in some cases, it's taking them days instead of months. What we didn't expect with a story engine is how helpful it would be to authors just starting out. So people who started novels and set them aside time and time again are telling us that story engine got them over the finish line. They were able to finish that book. They dreamed of writing. Those types of stories really get to me. But what is it? What is, what is story engine? So we think of it as an entirely different approach to writing. Story engine takes you step by step from your initial idea, those scratch pads or napkin, napkin scribbles about what the idea is behind the story, the germ of the story, to 
fleshing out a synopsis to bringing it to life with characters to building a plot to beating out each chapter and then finally to actually writing the first draft and it's highly interactive so at each step in this process you write what you know you can get the ai to fill in gaps and you can revise what it provides before moving on and it's actually really really fun but very different from how i think most writers work the way i think about it is if you're the type of writer that puts together character sheets and story bibles or excel sheets of plot lines and character arcs or the type that hates planning story engine is like a version of that planning process that feels a whole lot less like homework so you do all this setup you kind of architect it and when you get to that final step you've already planned out your whole story and now you get to write it in collaboration with the ai and it can write a few beats you can stop it and edit them give it some direction tweak some settings and then it incorporates those changes as changes as it continues to write so we found that as you get better working with it it can write more and more of the prose for you in your voice and style and i like to think of it like architecting a story you're creating the structure bringing the elements together and then directing its comp- its construction but you don't have to pound every single nail or lay every single brick only the ones that you care about so mm. that's kind of in a nutshell what story engine is uh it's been a whirlwind since we launched it it's been kind of exciting to see all the new writers flooding in to use it it's been challenging to just to keep up yeah and it's so interesting again as a discovery writer this is not how i write but what i I've, yeah. I've really found that with story engine it's kind of helped my brain think about things in a different way and as someone who loves to learn (laughs) and also I have read so many books on plotting over the years like I have read all the books I've done so many courses I've been to classes and there's just something I think I'm someone who doesn't read instructions so I don't take instruction well I kind of learn by doing I found with just even just playing with story engine was like oh, this is how it can work. Now, I didn't find, you know, I want to go back to it. I found that it was, it. my brain needs to kind of figure it out. And I think that's another tip, isn't it? Don't expect to just come into PseudoWrite or any AI tool and just bing, it works. Oh, I say bing, <laughs> bing, bing, another <laughs> AI tool. But, you know, it, suddenly everything and you don't need to do anything else. That's not it. It's very iterative. You have to learn how to use these tools. And I guess playing and not taking it too seriously are important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've really discovered that some people are willing to put in that work right at the beginning and figure it out. And some people are trying a few tools here and there, like they'll try description and get those metaphors out and then slowly they'll learn the rest of it. But we also encourage them to take the classes. We now have weekly classes multiple times a week where we show you how to use the product, show you how to get it worked into your workflow so it works the way that you want. And we also have people in our community who hold author hours multiple times a week where they share how they use it. So I think those classes are a great way to to understand what this type of tool can do for you. And of course, there's YouTube videos and documentation and stuff like that, too. Which is great because I remember when we first met a few years ago and I was like, I really think you need some videos. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. (laughs) You you put it out there and it was so early, but it's wonderful to see the growth. But I want to come back. You said it will write in your voice and style. Yeah. So how is that possible? Explain how that works. Yeah, sure. So the way it used to work was that you'd have to describe your style. And yesterday we pushed out a new feature where you can put in up to a couple thousand words of your writing 
And from that writing, it distills down your style, the elements of your style, and then it'll show them to you. And you can take that description and edit it or just use it wholesale. But basically that description becomes a reference for story engines. So maybe you're someone who uses very punchy dialogue or very short declarative sentences or whatever it is. It will suss that out from what you gave it. And then it will use that as it writes prose. So it tries to mimic the voice that you've got. That is good because this is the other thing. I mean, you have to know what you want. And I feel like people listening, I mean, we're authors, we're writers. We generally know what we want on a big scale. Like we know the story, we know the kind of vibe we want, we know the tone, we know, and eventually we figure out our voice. So it doesn't change any of that. And I think that's really important, isn't it? You drive the tool as the author, as the creative director, you are driving this. It's not like it's taking over. Yeah, exactly. I think you're still very much in active control, setting tone, direction, giving feedback and revising wherever it's necessary. So the demo of Story Engine, particularly on Twitter, (laughs) attracted a lot of negativity. And many of us who are AI positive writers, that's how I I describe it these days. (laughs) I am AI positive. (laughs) And this is an AI positive show. But many of us have received criticism. I know you and James have had to deal with this. So how do you deal with the haters, I guess, and stay positive about the impact of AI for creativity and writers? Yeah. So you're right. When we announced Story Engine on Twitter, some writers reacted with fear. And I saw a lot of claims being made, things like that we had trained our models on authors writing without permission, things that were completely untrue. And it was pretty hurtful, if I'm being honest. You know, James and I spent the last couple of years making something to empower writers. And we wanted to help them take advantage of AI instead of being replaced by it. And Even though I could tell myself, oh, this is negativity coming from a place of fear, it was hard not to take it personally. I think what helped for us, especially after that first day or two, was just seeing how much support we were getting from our own community. We have thousands of writers using Sud right now, and they've been unequivocally encouraging. And we hear so many stories of how Sudorite and Story Engine are changing their lives for the better. One writer told us that she's not an emotional person, but she literally burst into tears the first time she used Story Engine because she'd been blocked for years and had felt hopeless. And Story Engine finally got her through it. And another person wrote in, he's a newer writer, a man in his 80s. And he told us he started writing his first novel and it had been on his bucket list. And he had had a stroke. He'd retired. And two months ago, he found Pseudorite. And now he's 20,000 words, 20, words into that novel. And he says he couldn't have done it without it. So those stories are really exciting. And I think those are the kinds of stories that we'll hear more and more of. And those help us stay positive about the effect that we're having on the world. Yeah. And I I mean, I think that's it's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you again, because I feel like people assume that people who found tech companies like yourself are a particular character, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and yet when I talk to you, I feel like here's another writer who cares about the creative process, who is, yes, more technical than me, but is excited about creativity and technology. And thus, we have a lot more in common than we don't. And I feel like that this is so important and that uh, what I don't want to happen is what happened when I first became an author back in 2007, 2008, when there was this self-publishing was evil, Mm, self-publishing was a load of crap, a tsunami of crap, it was called. And this is also being leveled at AI. It's like, well, all the stuff being generated is going to be so terrible. So 
Uh, how long do you think it's going to take before all of this calms <laughs> down? <laughs> it's a very good question. I think given the types of people you've had on the show, I think you probably have a better answer than me because I think you've got a broad perspective on all the different sides of this type of issue. But for me, I'd say um, things are moving so quickly and the next version of Microsoft Word, the next version of Google Docs, Gmail, all these tools have these same models under the hood. They're not tuned for fiction, but they're going to be able to write prose for you. They're going to be able to write business documents and stuff. And even the next version of Windows has a sidebar that's going to be following you from app to app, like a little version of ChatGPT always available. So I think that uh, it's going to become ubiquitous. I think more and more people will use these tools and they'll just become a part of how we use computers and how we create. I think it's going to happen very quickly. I think these, these, especially the Windows and Word and Google Docs implementations coming this year will make a huge change. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is moving so much faster than the self-published versus traditionally published thing, which probably took about five years. It was 2012 when I first got to speak at a conference oh, wow. where I thought, okay, yeah, this is really happening. So it was five years. But as you say, once everyone is using AI within Word, within PowerPoint, Google Docs, all of this stuff, and all the designers are using Firefly, Adobe, this kind of thing. And it just becomes more normalized. I, I totally agree. And just coming back to you mentioned the guy with the medical issues. And I've heard also from a lot of people who have long COVID or who have various mm -hmm. issues where they can only work like chronic fatigue, where they can only work an hour a day. But even myself, like I don't have those issues, but I suddenly feel like I might be able to create all the stories I want to create in my lifetime, which before I'd kind of thrown out as I will never be able to write all the stories I want to write. <laughs> and, and now I feel almost released around what I can do. So I feel like that's the exciting part of it. Yeah, totally. And I, I think it just gives me so much joy to think about people like this man who wouldn't have been writers before. They just wouldn't have gotten over that hump. And so it's people like you who can get more of your stories out and people like him that who might not have never might never have been able to tell their story at all, who now can. Mm, and well, in fact, my mum, who's in her mid 70s, I helped her write some romance books a few years ago. And then basically, mm -hmm. she stopped writing because it's too hard for her to be on the computer for very long. So again, yeah. she's an example of someone who like only has time, maybe an hour before she just can't deal with it health wise. So I'm like, okay, once I figured all this out, I'm going to show her and hopefully she'll be off again. Yeah. But I did want to come back to like, <laughs> you and I were so AI positive, but we do need to address a couple of the issues that there are legal cases underway around the impacts of copyright, both for the input of the training data and for the output and whether it can be copyrighted under the name of the person who generated it. So what are your thoughts on the input side? Because of course, Pseudorite is built on large language models and thus is potentially using this input. Yeah, I'm glad we're talking about these issues. And I think it's very important that as a society, we come to an agreement on how we want to treat copyright and copyright for training for these types of models. It seems likely to me that we'll see differences in policy across nations. For instance, I think the EU will have a different stance in the US. And I saw recently in Japan, there was movement to protect all rights to train models. But ultimately, we need a system that fairly rewards everyone involved. 
And I think it needs to be a standard that operates at a systemic level, at the level of government, or at least at the corporate level for anyone running a sufficiently large language model. Uh, in terms of copyright, I'm not a lawyer, but I believe the current stance is that something generated completely by, by AI with no or very, very minimal human involvement cannot be copyrighted. And that seems pretty reasonable to me. Our tool is heavily oriented towards collaboration between author and AI, kind of a creative back and forth. So it gives the writer a lot of involvement and say over the final product. And given that every major creative tool, and like we were just talking about Microsoft Word, or even the tools like Photoshop, or the tools you might use to edit this podcast, a lot of these things are now using generative AI. So having an AI creative partner will quickly become the norm rather than the exception. And I think we'll start to see a lot more clarity around these issues. It seems very unlikely to me that someone using Microsoft Word the way it was intended would find it impossible for themselves to copyright the piece of work they create. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. So, for example, I love Midjourney. I have great fun on Midjourney, but I don't consider those images that I create to be my copyright or copyrightable. <laughs> I mean, like mm -hmm. I just did one earlier. It was a kind of macro, incredibly detailed macro image of a blue ringed octopus swimming under the ocean. And it was stunning. I mean, absolutely yeah. stunning. And I did not take it. It was generated. And I was like, there was barely any human involvement in this photograph. But when mm -hmm. I do, or not photograph this generated image, but when yeah. I write with these tools, so when I use PseudoWrite, when I use ChatGPT, it is so collaborative and so much backwards and forwards, my ideas, it coming back to me, me thinking of some other idea, editing the words, putting them back in, adding some more, editing by hand, putting it back in again. Like, I just cannot see how anyone could ever question <laughs> that this is <laughs> not like my writing. But what's so crazy are these things we're seeing every day, which are this tool can detect AI writing and authors mm -hmm. are worried that if they publish a book on Amazon or any of the online stores, that it will be marked up somehow and they'll be penalized. So what do you think about that? If authors are using it as the collaborative approach, are mm -hmm. there any issues there? I don't think so. I mean, first of all, those detection tools don't work well. I think there's been a number of studies where they've tried to see if it's how accurate they are, and they seem to have a lot of false positives and false negatives. And it's hard to say what will happen in the future with this type of tool. But if you're taking output from ChatGPT or any kind of AI tool wholesale on just slapping it onto a page, probably you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing anyway. So you shouldn't expect it to be totally okay. But if you're working with the tool and creating something new and putting yourself into it, I think it's very unlikely that it's going to be picked up by a tool like this. And as for what Amazon's going to do, I mean, Amazon's impossible to figure out who knows what Amazon's going to do, but <laughs> yeah. I think Amazon has always put their the needs of profits and the needs of their customers above anything else. So they're very good at squeezing everyone else to get to make their customers happy and then to make their shareholders happy. So if people are using AI to write books that customers love, Amazon will probably be happy with that. If they're using AI to write books that customers hate, Amazon will probably be unhappy with that. So I think it ultimately comes down to, are you creating something that is worthy of being read? Are you creating something that people want? Yes. And this is the 
crazy thing. I mean, the people listening to this, the people who are who care about this, you and I and people listening, we want to make good art. This is what we want to do. And the people who are not worried about this stuff are the same as the plagiarizers, the pirates, the scammers who already don't care <laughs> and already have been doing all this stuff. So, I mean, and of course, this is the issue. There will be a whole load of push button crap that comes out, not necessarily from pseudo right, obviously, but certainly using some of the other tools where, which aren't so, I guess, uh, themed uh, around fiction or whatever. And as you say, those are the ones that should get um, flagged. But I just brought up the US Copyright Office, the United States Copyright Office has guidance around AI. And essentially, they say a work containing AI generated material will also contain sufficient human authorship to support a copyright claim. So a human can select and arrange AI-generated material. So essentially, it's the resulting work is an original work of authorship. And I think this is a mindset shift that I have had to go through with these tools, which is suddenly it is more of about this back and forth relationship than yeah. just the straight, I write every single word and that is my job. It's like my job is creating the very best possible version of the thing in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, in some ways it's always been the job, right? It's to have this creative vision and to execute on it. And it doesn't matter if you use pen and paper or a typewriter or Microsoft Word or Sudorite, it's your vision and you have to find the way to get through the struggle and to get it done on the page. Mm. And then I also wanted to ask you, because as I said, I'm very unstructured and I found writing with GPT-4 to be as chaotic as my brain, <laughs> whereas yeah. I feel like pseudo-write suits things once I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I wondered, you mentioned a bit before that it, it, it does suit those people at the beginning of the process, but how can different types of authors, I guess, use pseudo-write? And do you see that some people might just suit other different tools. Yeah. Well, I think it's so exciting that we get to live in a time with so many amazing tools for authors, ChatGPT, Grammarly, ProWritingAid, or other forms of AI beyond Pseudorite. I think every writer has parts of their writing they struggle with. And for some, it's the things we've talked about before, whether like description or dialogue or pacing. And for some, it's keeping in flow or getting feedback or staying motivated. I think every writer is going to gravitate towards the part, the tools to help them with the pieces that they struggle with. And um, with Sudorite in particular, I think that Story Engine is being used in a lot of creative ways that we didn't expect, which has been really cool to see. I think we have this incredible community now who is constantly sharing tips for how to use it and how they use it. And we originally intended it as something that would get you from the start to the finish, but we didn't have a good entry point for people, for example, who already had something in progress and wanted to use a tool like this. And our community has hacked it to make it work for things like that. So now we also teach how to do that. And similarly, we originally made it just for novels. People are using it for short stories. Uh, we originally made it for kind of the structured start to finish, going through the flow that I outlined before step-by-step. Step. And now people have come up with ways to do it completely out of order and just start wherever with what they know and fill out the rest as they go. So yeah, I think there's a lot of ways to use these tools. As you probably experienced with both Sure and ChatGPT, there's a lot of flexibility there. And it really comes down to how you can be creative to find the ways to use it and to make it useful to you. 
But I also encourage everyone to join the communities out. Our community is great, but there's a lot of other AI writing communities now out there now too. And people just have so many suggestions and tips and ways that they're using these products that we don't even know. And beyond all that, I think even for those writers where the writing just flows out like my partner and they don't need an AI tool, even for them, we've found that many have told us Sudere can make the writing process a bit less lonely. Um, and so that's that's fun to see as well, just that it can be a partner. It can really feel like somebody who's there along for the ride. Yeah, and I must say, <laughs> I was one of those people who loved having written. Like mm-hmm. I did struggle, especially with fiction. I find fiction, or I did find fiction so much harder. And I've really found in the last six months since playing with all these tools, I'm like, really excited to get to the page because I have so much more fun and I just delve down these ridiculous rabbit holes. I think part of the feeling is that when I did everything myself, I was super, super careful. Like if I super careful not to head off down a rabbit hole because every word was precious and every word was hard won. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like, oh, I could just play in this direction. And then if that doesn't work, I can play in another direction. Or sometimes I'll be like, give me a load of ideas as to what could happen next. And then it's like, oh, this is cool. I guess I'll go here now. And I didn't think of that. And so I feel like the fun aspect is, it is just, it is so much more fun now. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. I think for me too, it's like, um, it's a little easier for me to kill my darlings when they're not the darlings that I came up with myself. Yes. So, so yeah. <laughs> if the AI comes up with an idea that I think is very good, but it's not right for the story, I'll kill it. If I come up with an idea that's I think is very good, man, it is hard to edit it out. Yeah. This idea of abundant creativity and abundant words just feels like a big shift indeed. One thing I did want to ask you, so personally, uh, so I have used I've used Pseudowrite for, I guess, over a year, 18 months. And in the end of the books, I have used it. I have a statement of AI usage and I've said Pseudowrite, I've used Amazon ads, I've used ProWriting Age. I put everything in as to what I use. And this has suddenly become something controversial to kind of use an AI statement of usage. Some people say it's just like Microsoft Word, so why would I have to tell anyone? So what, what do you think? Should people be talking about about their AI usage, do readers care? I don't know. I It's a good question. I think that, I don't think there's any moral obligation to say what tools you use to create something. But I obviously, as a creator of one of these tools, I'd love for people to say that they used it. Do readers care? I'm sure some do, and I'm sure some don't. And I think it's up to every author to choose how they want to represent themselves in the world, especially at a time where I think there's a lot of confusion about how we should or should not be using them. So I don't think I can make that judgment for others, but I think that it'll probably become a moot issue in the year to come. Yeah, I I agree. And I feel like maybe it won't be something I do in the future, but I have an author's note in every book. So I just put a whole load of stuff in there anyway. And I've literally had nobody comment on it. But I do think, well, the people who do care right now are things like magazines, short story competitions, some publishers, some author organizations are starting to ban this kind of stuff. I just don't know. I don't think they know what they're doing. (laughs) I don't think most of them have tried it. And of course, also we've seen this in the visual art world, some AI generated images winning competitions and then people finding out it's AI and being very upset about it. So that's, I guess, another reason I'm deliberately open about my usage. But I mean, I wonder in a year's time, will we be having competitions for AI 
positive writers or will we just will everything have moved on and it, it won't matter how you write I, yeah, I think eventually everything will move on, but I don't know if it's going to be in a year or longer. We're already seeing some AI specific competitions in the, um, I think you were mentioning those genre fiction, sci-fi magazines. I think there are now some magazines that are doing competitions just for, for AI fiction, but I think in a year or two, probably it just isn't as novel as it was before. So that sort of thing doesn't happen. And it's just part of the tool set. It's just part of how you write or how some people write. So it seems very novel today. And I think there's a lot of interest and excitement around it, but yeah, I just don't, I don't see it when, when these tools become ubiquitous. Well, just kind of taking things further, we're writers. So we love words. We like writing, but of course readers buy our books. And I'll tell you one of the things I'm thinking about is as we're seeing the text to video happen mm-hmm. like runway ml and things like this even mid-journey like i i am on it like a lot every day generating pictures of my characters and i definitely feel like some of my time is going into that kind of creativity as well mm-hmm. do you think that this type of fun creativity is will take up kind of more hobby time almost it's like this is a hobby as well as more serious it's it is fun to create stuff with these tools Yeah. I mean, we're artists, right? So we love to create. And some people really like to stay in their lane, stay very narrowly focused on the particular art form that they love. And some people like to dabble in all sorts of different things and bring them together. So I think we are seeing new people trying to create visual art because the tools have made it easier. So people are using mid-journey and other things like that. And we're seeing new people try to create written art because the tools have become easier and made it easier for them to enter. I think both are really exciting. I think that certainly you might see some people who thought of themselves as writers become something else. Maybe they start to think them, think of themselves as storytellers in a video form. And I think the reverse might happen too. You're going to see people who never saw themselves as writers dabbling in writing and then discovering that that is the thing they really love. And of course, you'll have people who want to do it all. And I'm excited for <laughs> That's them That's always too. me. I think- <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think all of it is good. I think as long as you're creating and you're expressing yourself and you're creating good work, it doesn't matter what format you're putting that stuff out and it just matters that you're creating. Mm. And obviously we're not touching on marketing because Pseudorite isn't for marketing at the moment, but I am really excited about things like book trailers and sort of generating all that. Now you did early on do images and I created some images with the tool you did. And I think you've now put some of that back. How do you see some of these other multimodal things working with Pseudorite in the future? Or are you going to concentrate on text? Well, we really want to concentrate on the needs of long-form writers. So I think that long-form writers do need to create images, like you said, for book covers and other marketing materials. So it's possible that we'll add features like that in the future, but we also want to stay focused on the things that we can do better than anyone else. So when we started working on image generation last year, we were competing with Midjourney and we just liked what Midjourney was doing better than the stuff that we were able to do. So we decided to focus on the text and we would love to bring in some of those tools in ways that are really customized and built purposely for writers, but I don't think we want to do anything just for the sake of doing it. So yeah, I think if if we can think of a way to bring something really unique and useful for authors, that's a multimodal interface or a way to bring video or imagery into their process, we'll definitely look at it. 
And if people are asking us for it, we'll definitely, definitely look at it. But we want to be careful not to do it just for the sake of novelty. I was also wondering about developmental editing because mm-hmm. the benefit of developmental editing is to have someone give an overview of the whole book. So given that the whole book can be in pseudo right, is the yeah. developmental side of editing something that you're looking at? Yeah, I think that's definitely something we want to do. And we've had some experiments along the way where we have like a, a feedback tool that's more geared towards a chapter or a short story. And we have a tool called Shrink Ray that will take an entire novel and condense it down to different formats, like a log line and a summary and one page treatment, that kind of thing. But we definitely want to look at the developmental editor side of things. I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot we can help writers with there. There's a lot of unique challenges for narrative fiction there. And I think that the models are now getting to the point where we can do some really interesting things in that space that we couldn't do just six months ago. Yeah, I mean, that's to do with the amount of input you can put into the model, right? Um, I, I exactly. had a play a play with the Claude Anthropics, Claude 100K, which uh, people don't know is another model. And I used a short story and asked it for developmental edits and things. And it was really interesting to be able to get that from a machine and editors listening are like, what? But then translators use AI and we use AI for line editing. And so I don't want anyone to be scared of tools. I think this is just a natural thing. And it seems to me that it would be a great direction for PseudoWrite to go in. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think, like you said, the context window of these larger models is one piece of the puzzle. And the other piece, I think, is just the variety of models that are now available. So Story Engine wasn't possible for us to do last year, but it's possible this year because we can combine GPT-3, 3.5, 4, and multiple versions of Claude to bring this puzzle together. And even some of those older models, uh, older, you know, two years old or whatever, (laughs) but (laughs) they're actually better at some things than the newer models. So some part of this multi-step pipeline that we have for Story Engine requires an older model because it performs better at one piece of this. And so I'm really excited as more and more models come online, as some of the open source models get better, I think it opens up a a lot of possibilities for what we can do with them. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because, of course, the older models have more of what people call hallucinations, as in they mm. make stuff up. And, of course, that's what fiction authors that's, do. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of want the weird stuff. And I do remember playing with it. It might even have been GPT-2. I, I can't remember. But, like, some of the stuff is so weird. And and now it's like yeah. everyone's, oh, we don't want it to make stuff up. We want it to be yeah. always exactly right. And it's like, well... What about if you want more creative stuff? So, yeah, Yeah. I I like that you're combining all these different models. Um, Right. We could talk forever, but we're out of time. So where can people find PseudoWrite online and how can they reach out to you if people have a question? Sure. Uh, Well, they can find PseudoWrite at PseudoWrite.com. That's S-U-D-O-W-R-I-T-E.com. And they can always reach out to us by emailing hi at pseudorite.com or find us on our community Slack where they're every day listening to feedback from authors and making the product better. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much for your time, Amit. That was great. Thanks for having me. This is wonderful. 
So I hope you found the discussion with Armit interesting and that it has inspired you to go take a look at PseudoWrite. And if you had a look at it a while back, have another look because things have changed. It may enhance your fiction writing process. Now, I do use and recommend PseudoWrite for fiction and you can check it out through my affiliate link at thecreativepen.com forward slash pseudowrite which means I will get a percentage of the sale if you buy through my link at no extra cost to you, or you can just go to pseudowrite.com. So next Monday, staying with the AI theme, I'm revisiting an episode from four years ago. So on the 1st of July 2019, I put out nine ways that artificial intelligence, AI, will disrupt authors and the publishing industry in the next decade. And a lot of my predictions have already happened. That is episode 437. If you want to go back and have a listen to that, it should be on the feed or you can go to thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast, scroll down to episode 437 and listen or download or just read the transcript to see what I said. Now, I'll be discussing this with Nick Thacker and I'll do an extended introduction with a bit of a roundup as well. And then we'll be back to a craft episode after that. So in the meantime, happy writing and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes available at thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast. You can also get your free author blueprint at thecreativepen.com forward slash blueprint. If you'd like to connect, you can tweet me at The Creative Pen or find me on Facebook at The Creative Pen. See you next time.